0: Welcome. Welcome, welcome, we will welcome. Welcome, welcome. Welcome to episode 27 of The Journey is the reward. This is another Windows and Isles edition. Wow, two in a row. Thanksgiving is over here in the US and Mike and I wanted to express our thanks to you, our listeners. We really do appreciate you spending the time out of your day to listen to us. The opening music is performed by the Modellizio Youth Choir. I'm Brian Coleman, and I've been a frequent flyer for a large portion of my life. Most of my travels have been on United Airlines as a member of their Mileage Plus program. As a result of traveling around the world, I've flown over 5 million miles, and almost 3 million of those miles have been with United. This has earned me lifetime Premier Platinum status. This year, I set a new goal for myself. To fly the remaining 300,000 miles in less than 18 months, this will earn me United 1K status for the rest of my life. Along with my co-host Micah, we will document me flying these remaining miles. On the show, we'll talk about the passenger experience and who knows what all else. The goal is to document the journey as it is the reward, so let's get started.
1: Hey Brian, great to see you, and boy, I think we have some special stuff for our listeners.
0: Yeah, because of the Thanksgiving holiday and my foot surgery, there was a little bit of gap in flying and we did a special recording and that'll be coming up later. But first we have some listener mail from listener Mark. He writes in and says, Hey, Mike and Brian, I enjoy listening to the show. I live in Argentina, so my English is not so good. I'm wondering why you like to fly so much. All the best, Mark. Well, Mark, first of all, Your English is pretty good, probably better than ours. Absolutely. Your English is muy bien. (laughs) Oh, well done. I like that. So, Mark, thank you for writing in. And anyone else, please write in with questions because we love answering them.
1: Micah, why do you like flying so much? There's a lot of things I like about it, but I think the most spectacular thing for me is just the technology, the whole idea that all of a sudden, and this is like my favorite part, rolling down the runway just big lumbering piece of metal. And all of a sudden it's soaring along like a bird in the sky. And I'm inside it looking down from first 10 feet, a hundred feet, a thousand feet, 30,000 feet. It just amazes me every time. I can't believe that I'm flying. I'm going 600 miles an hour. And in less than half a day, I'm going to be in London or Paris or San Francisco or wherever, and I can get there so quickly. And I think about my grandparents, well, a grandmother and great-grandparents who made the journey to the USA from Europe days and days and days on an ocean liner, not a cruise ship, right? an ocean liner, and how the world has just shrunk down so much and how amazing it is and how it's affordable to travel, where the journey that my great-grandparents took was a one-time thing.
0: Yeah, and actually, my grandparents came over from Ireland on a ship as well. I think they said it was either three or four days. Can't remember. And now we could do it in, what, eight hours from the East Coast, 10 hours from the West Coast. Just amazing.
1: Sitting down, lying flat, being fed and served, their journeys were not comfortable. They were not luxurious like we get. Even if we're in steerage class, they were truly in steerage class.
0: Yeah, definitely. So one of my answers is really the view from the window. I am amazed every single time I'm at, like you said, 30,000 feet looking outside. That's just really amazing to me. One of the other things that I enjoy is simply being left alone. It's nice being isolated. And a lot of people are really excited about having Wi-Fi on board of a plane. And I actually look forward to being disconnected and not being in touch with people. I actually really enjoy that. Taking care of the flight attendants, giving them gifts, watching the smile on their face is just so incredibly rewarding to me. I really enjoy doing that, just making other people happy.
1: You know what you really love it for when it comes right down to it? It's the schmooze and booze.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that really is it. I mean, being able to sit in a seat, have someone bring you food, have bring you a beverage, um, either adult beverage or otherwise, and then clean up after you. Yeah, that's a pretty cool thing. Being spoiled like that is really nice.
1: And that same thing happens, you know, regardless of what class of service you're in. Yeah, there are the ultra-low service airline, ultra low costs airlines, pardon me, but nonetheless, you know, they still, nine times out of 10, you might have to pay for it, but you can get your bottle of water, you can get your sandwich, and somebody's going to come and pick it up. And you're doing that at 30,000 feet at 600 miles an hour. Unbelievable.
0: It is. It's absolutely amazing. And every once in a while when I'm feeling social... You get to meet new people, right? So not only on the plane, but at the destination as well. So making the world a little bit smaller is kind of a fun thing to do.
1: Or reunite with old friends. I've just actually been writing a story for New Year's, kind of a New Year's summary, and was thinking about our trip together to the UK. And we reunited You know, I flew from Portland to San Francisco to meet you and then and and we hadn't seen each other in years. And then we flew together to London to see other people that we hadn't seen for years, including some old friends. I mean, close friends that I'd never met before. So just an amazing feature.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And sometimes, well, the trip to England, we had a lot of stuff planned out, but sometimes there's the unknown. We have no idea what's going to happen when we get to our destination. And I actually really enjoy that. So it's the element of surprise, the new exploration, the just being someplace different.
1: Exactly, And to be able to bring home the stories and be able to share them with our listeners or with each other.
0: Speaking of stories, a story that I like telling, I was attending a trade show, and this was in the 80s. Starting out my career, I met this woman who was from Russia, and this is during the height of the Cold War. Or Wait, height of the Cold War, tail end of the Cold War? I don't know. The Cold War was still going on. We'd been talking for a few minutes and everything seemed to be going fine. And 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 I said, we're supposed to be really mortal enemies. Why are you being so nice? Why are Why are we talking to each other so civilly? And her response just really amazed me and just took me completely off guard, which was, we don't have a problem with the American people. We have a problem with the American politicians. And she goes, I'm certain Americans are just like us. We want to grow up, get educated, get married, have kids, have our kids be better off than we are. And that answer just floored me.
1: It is amazing. We find out when we really talk to people that we have more similarities than we do differences. Yeah. Now travel, they say, you know, the old phrase is travel really broadens one. And it really does.
0: It really does. Yeah. So I think those are our reasons why we enjoy traveling.
1: And flying in general. Yeah. So who else did we hear from?
0: Oh, we heard from listener Sharon, and she writes in, Hey guys, great and unusual podcast. Just found the show and I'm trying to catch up on all the past episodes. You might have answered this question already, so I apologize in advance if you have. But my question is, what do you do on the plane on all these long flights? I don't think I'd be able to sit for that long. How do you occupy your time? All the best in reaching your goal, Sharon. So Micah, what do you do on these really long haul flights?
1: Well, one of the things I do is look out the window. I know that sounds crazy, (laughs) but I do. And if you'll recall, and I don't remember if we've talked about it on this show or not, but, you know, on the 787, the uh, flight attendants can choose to darken the windows. There's no shade. Yeah. And uh, And I asked about it because although we were flying at night, I wanted to be able to see out and they were able to change mine around and configure it so that I had control over it. And even at night. I could look out and see the stars, I could look down and see a little bit of the ocean here and there, and it sounds nuts, but I love to do it. But in terms of occupying my time, Sometimes I'll take a little nap. A lot of times I'll be reading. I listen to podcasts sometimes. I'll turn on the IFE. I also love to watch the moving map. I like to know where I am. I like to know the altitude. I like to know my speed. I just love being in the air and just being in the air, doing nothing sometimes, as you mentioned earlier. It's just wonderful.
0: really is. So like you, I'll look out the window. I used to bring books and magazines on board, and I don't seem to do that any longer because... Most of the content's gone digital, so I will absolutely listen to podcasts. I will occasionally watch a movie. I'm not that much of a movie fan, but every once in a while, it'll be uh, movie time for me. And on one of the flights to Singapore, I believe, they were showing Top Gun Maverick. And it was amazing to me when I'd get up and walk around to see how many of the seatback displays where people were playing Maverick. And I thought that was really, really interesting.
1: I generally don't watch films on the airplane because they have to edit them in a special way that's suitable mm-hmm. for everyone, and they might cut certain things out. One of the things I like to do, and I know you like to do as well, is walk around the aircraft and talk with the flight crew. I love to talk to the flight attendants, see where they're from, what they're doing. If they're not really busy, they usually are, but learn a little bit about them. And also in walking around the aircraft, and I'll do laps when it's a real long haul uh, because I want to be able to stretch out my legs and not get any blood clots, but uh, is to see who else is on the plane. Just get an idea of what the people look like, who they are, what sections they're in. You know, it's just it's people watching from a different perspective because you're kind of juggling your yourself through the aisle it's narrow you're twisting and turning but but still it, it's kind of fun to see who's on the flight with you but I do love talking with the flight attendants and uh, and seeing if I can get stories for this show or for other shows
0: absolutely and on my last flight in talking with two of the flight attendants they actually introduced me to a new drink I had never had orange flavored soda water and vodka and it was really really tasty So it's kind of like a screwdriver without the acid, without the juice, but just this really nice, refreshing flavor.
1: We are too much alike because I was just going to say, yeah, it's a screwdriver light.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. So those are some of the things that I enjoy doing on flights. So,
1: And if you really want to make it something special next time, by the way, the orange soda and vodka, add a touch of cranberry juice.
0: Ooh, I'll have to give that a shot.
1: No, it's a shot of vodka, a little bit more than the cranberry (laughs) juice.
0: Or double shot.
1: Hey, have we heard from Listener Lou this week?
0: We have. Listener Lou sent in another audio message for us, so let's go and play that.
1: Hi, Mike and Brian. What's the most fun, rude, or surprising customer behavior you've ever seen on an airplane? And have you ever been one of those passengers? Listener Lou wants to know. Well, I'll tell you. I haven't been one of those passengers on the plane, but I've been one of those guys on the ground once anyway. Oh, no. What'd you do? I was a little younger, and I'm going to a conference. And I got in, but my luggage wasn't there. And it's a conference, and I'm a presenter, and I need my suits. And I was upset. And I was told, "You'll no, we'll definitely have it back to you in in 24 hours, you know, sometime by tomorrow night. I am presenting tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. Tomorrow night isn't going to work. And I started yelling. And I have I have a voice and I can certainly make myself clear. And uh, the poor woman knew that I was not happy. And then all of a sudden I realized that I was screaming at her and she had no control over the situation. All of a sudden I realized what was going on and I felt awful and I said, I'm sorry. And I, I caught myself. And if anybody was behind me, my voice gets loud. They knew, but I caught myself and I calmed myself. And I said, I'm very, very sorry. I am terribly upset at this situation. And I know I just yelled at you and I shouldn't have. And I apologize for it. I'm upset at the situation and I know you're doing the best to help me. And I apologize if I offended you. I know that you probably hear this kind of thing all the time in terms of passengers yelling at you. You don't deserve that. And please forgive me. And she was great, and she did the best she could, and she really appreciated that apology. But I was very upset with myself and very embarrassed for what I did.
0: Yeah, I hear you. I had one of those moments as well, very early on in my career. It was a delayed flight, and I can't remember if it was weather or mechanical, but they ended up canceling the flight, and the gate agent got an earful for me, and I was not as mature as you at the time, and I don't think I ever ended up apologizing, and Upon reflection of that and hearing stories from other people along the way is the gate agents, the baggage handlers, the people in reservations, they can either solve your problem or they could enable your problem to exist for a little bit longer. And that really stuck with me, realizing that these people can really help. So being super nice to them really goes a long way.
1: And that's about when I started realizing how little gifts to those people are helpful, not because they're going to help you, but because it makes their day. And now when I have a problem and something like that happens, I'll hand them a couple of chocolates, you know, Mm -hmm. chocolate truffles or something like that, or a bag of Ferrara Rochers, and I'll say, look... I'm really upset at what's going on with me, and I'm sure that people are not as calm with you as I'm going to be, (laughs) and I want to just thank you for everything that you do and what you put up with. But in the meantime, this is what's going on, and can you help me with it? And usually I get such a big smile. Yeah. On the other hand, the other question that she asked is, have we ever witnessed that kind of behavior? Oh, yeah. On an (laughs) airplane? Gosh, I've had people tapping the back of my seat, kicking the back of my seat. I've seen people barefoot mm-hmm. on the plane, putting their feet up on the on the cabin wall in front of them, it drove me nuts. I've had, this was the, the worst experience that I had well before the COVID situation, but there was a woman with her child It wasn't quite her fault, but the child was coughing. She wasn't covering the child's mouth. The child was about, I don't know, four or five years old, uh, but on her lap and coughed. And I felt the drops hitting me. I was just disgusted and there was nothing I could do about it. And it turned out, I mean, the woman also was not a native English speaker and uh, there was no way for me to really communicate it. I just had to sit there and and take it because it was a completely full flight. But, Sometimes those things happen. Yeah, it
0: does. And watching people, for example, trim their toenails is just an awful thing to do. It's like people, come on, don't do that on an airplane. You talked about people walking around barefoot. I'm still amazed at people that walk into the lavatories without shoes on. People, it's not water that's on the floor. No,
1: it's not.
0: I don't know. Pretty much anything that's shown up in a blog where they talk about bad passenger behavior with all the miles I've flown, I've pretty much seen it. Women with long, even men with long hair taking their hair and throwing it over the seat back. So it's in my space. It's really fun when they do that. And I still have food. And then their hair goes in the food. So that happened to me once.
1: Yeah, the person with the dog in the carrier that takes it out to hold it and, you know, move it. And again, not that I don't like dogs. I love dogs. But I'm sorry. I don't want to sit next to people, let alone to sitting next (laughs) to animals on an airplane.
0: Yeah, and they're supposed to stay in the carrier the entire time. Exactly we could probably tell more stories about rude passenger behavior but now let's let's move on to the fun part of the show
1: there's a fun part to the show
0: yeah there's a fun part oh
1: you'll have to tell me about it
0: we can well it's coming up it hasn't oh. happened yet <laughs> we had an interview with someone kind of unique and special i think that our listeners might not at first get the connection between who they are and why we're interviewing them
1: Yeah, we had a chance to talk with T-Mobile Senior Manager of Communications, Steve Carlson. Now, why in the world would a travel and aviation podcast be interviewing someone from T-Mobile, a phone carrier?
0: Well, that's the reason why. International
1: phone stuff. That's true, but you know what? Why don't you guys listen to the interview and find out? So today, Brian and I are speaking with Steve Carlson, who's a senior manager of communications with T-Mobile. Yes, that T-Mobile. Now, why would we on an aviation show be talking with someone from T-Mobile? Well, Brian and I are both longtime T-Mobile users. We've both been together with T-Mobile for years and years and years, and it's definitely the travel carrier. Now, we'll get into that a little further, but first, Steve Carlson. Welcome to the Airplane Geeks podcast.
2: Hey, thanks, guys. I appreciate you having me on. It's uh, This is a real treat. And uh, yeah, how interesting for a phone company to get into the travel industry, right?
1: Well, phone carriers are in our lives completely in one way or another. But if you're a traveler, you need to have a phone carrier that you can use everywhere easily all around the world. And you certainly can with T-Mobile. Let me go over some of the benefits of T-Mobile. And I, now it's not that we're selling T-Mobile here because there are other carriers that are good. I'd find that T-Mobile is the best, as is Brian, which is why we're with T-Mobile. But it also depends on where you are and what your signal level is going to be. And in some places, I have to say, it's not always the best. Although I haven't had any problems with T-Mobile since I've been with them. But there's no contract with T-Mobile. The customer service is absolutely outstanding. When you call, you get somebody, and they typically know what they're talking about.
0: And if it matters, they're based in the U.S. as well.
1: Absolutely. But there's more when you travel with T-Mobile in over 210 countries. You don't have to do anything if you want high speed data. If you're on a max plan with T-Mobile, and there are different plans, but the max plan is one of their top plans. You get five gigabytes of high speed data in over 210 countries around the world. And when that runs out, you continue to get two gig data.
0: And it's for free, which is the bit that I really like because I tend to use a little bit of data when I'm traveling overseas. And the free data certainly helps.
1: And if you want to be able to get a little bit more than that, if you want to be able to keep your phone number and make phone calls while you're overseas, it's just not that expensive. It's really a great deal compared to a lot of other places. You don't have to change SIM cards. You don't have to change your phone number. But wait, there's even more. Currently, eMobile offers... If you're in the USA, one year of AAA membership at no additional charge, one year of Paramount Plus, free Netflix membership at no additional charge, recently just added free Apple TV Plus membership at no additional charge. There's T-Mobile Tuesdays. And let's not forget, one of the newest things is the in-flight connectivity except for sometimes on Brian's planes, but that's another story.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'm waiting for that rollout to happen with United. I know the uh, press announcement has been made, but it seems like every flight I'm on, uh, they haven't launched it yet.
1: But before we get to that, Steve, did I miss anything? Tell us about T-Mobile as the travel carrier.
2: Oh, my gosh. I could not have said that better myself. Thank you for that intro. Um, And I'm not just saying that. That was a remarkable rundown of our benefits. Thank you so much for, for opening with that. That is one of the reasons why we got into this in the first place. We understand that your phone is your lifeline. It's, it's what connects you to work and play and family and friends. And when you're traveling, you need that connection. You know, we need it just as much when we touch down in a new country as when we touch down in, in a domestic city, where, when we're just, you know, hopping around the country. You expect your phone to work like we need it everywhere we go. And with our travel benefits now, when you land, um, as you were saying, in more than 200 countries and, uh, and destinations worldwide, it just works. You open your phone, you turn it on and you've got data. You're setting up your restaurant reservations, you're confirming hotels, you're getting your ride share set up from the airport in a foreign country. That's one of the things that we expect to have it now when we're traveling at home. And let's take that same experience overseas. It's just the peace of mind when you're in a foreign country that you can connect to the things that are important to you. That's
0: certainly true. When I fly internationally, I've worked for a company where I've had to have a company phone and the company phone was on a different carrier. And we'd have to arrange ahead of time to have an international calling plan added. It was often an additional $40 for that month covering the period of time that I'd be gone. And it just seemed like such a waste to me. Very rarely will I actually make voice calls when I'm overseas. So just having that free data is an incredible benefit, at least for me. And that's why I've had you guys as my personal carrier for so many years now.
2: Thank you. Yeah. And when I talk to pilots and flight attendants, when I'm traveling more often than not, they're probably T-Mobile customers too. We've been offering travel benefits now for, oh geez, going back to our simple global days, which feels like an eternity ago. And we just keep adding on to that. We just, we find new uh, benefits. And as the travel experience changes, I mean, just think about how the Wi-Fi experience has changed on planes over the years. And you guys know better than anyone, you know, if you remember the days when we used to hop on a flight and And you couldn't do work at all. You know, there was no Wi-Fi connection. And, you know, it was actually, I thought it was kind of like bittersweet when Wi-Fi started to come out because it's like, oh, now I I have to do work and work can reach me. Um, Or I have an obligation to to do work now that I have Wi-Fi. Of course, I'd completely done a 180 on that now. And now I, I can't do without it. And I get frustrated if for some reason it's not available on the flight, but we want to be connected and we, we can stay ahead of things when we're connected on our flights. And for instance, if you're traveling and, and you've got a connection coming up and your connecting flight gets canceled, if you have Wi-Fi on board, you're able to make that change to your itinerary before you even touch down. Whereas the other folks who are maybe trying to make that same connection, aren't going to realize what happened until they land in their new destination. So lots of advantages to being able to stay connected all the time.
1: Absolutely. And if you use the Flighty app, that gives you the most incredible information about flights. And you can do that while you're on board. You can do that when you land. And the other amazing thing about T-Mobile is that yes, sometimes you do have to make a call while you're overseas, but you still don't have to switch SIM cards. You may have to pay a little bit more, but by using that high speed data that you're getting for free and using the T-Mobile app, you can immediately pay $5 for a one day pass for unlimited calling within the country that you are or back to the USA. That's for one day if you want it for 10 days it's $35. If you want it for a month with an extra 15 gigabytes, it's $50. It's really an incredible bargain. Just a fabulous, easy way to travel.
0: And if you want to do it just based on the per minute basis, it's $0.25 a minute. And I remember making a phone call way back when on the GTE Airphone, and that was $5 a minute. So $0.25 a minute for a phone call in another country is actually
1: a bargain in comparison. But that's enough on the sales of T-Mobile. That's not why you're here, Steve. The reason that you're here is because T-Mobile is such a travel carrier that, well, you tell us.
2: Thanks, Micah. Yeah. Earlier this year, we launched now our current suite of travel benefits, and this is the coverage beyond. This is what you spoke about at the beginning of the podcast, talking about our uh, high-speed data in the 200-plus countries and destinations, the free year of AAA, the free in-flight Wi-Fi, and we wanted to keep that story going. We're already the carrier that keeps our customers connected. We also, you know, we talk about we keep you covered when you're traveling. So why not create something that keeps all of your stuff covered too while you're traveling? And we came up with this idea of what we call the UnCarrier on and it is a carry-on suitcase, hard-sided, and it is the first carry-on suitcase that includes wireless charging. So you just slip your phone into this little cubby on the top of it, and if you have a wireless charging phone, for instance, or a wireless charging device, it just starts charging up. We partnered with a New Jersey based company called Samsara Luggage to create this. And they're already innovators in luggage technology. They were the perfect fit for us. We worked with them, like I said, to create this first ever wireless charging carry-on suitcase. We call it the On. It's bold and bright magenta like T-Mobile is. I've been using one myself for a few weeks now. It's wonderful. It's mobile. It's got TSA-approved locks. We'll talk more about the technology in a little bit, but needless to say, yes, you know, T-Mobile, the phone company, is now T-Mobile, the luggage innovator.
1: Well, this is actually pretty scary that it's New Jersey manufactured because both Brian and I are also New Jersey manufactured. So, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, this is a, a real Jersey boy kind of show now.
0: Steve, a question I had for you. Getting into the luggage business absolutely seems like a thing that your former CEO, John Ledger, would have done and supported. This is not something that I think a traditional CEO would support or endorse. So how did this project actually come about?
2: It's actually the next step kind of in how we use these creative moments um, with our brand to draw attention to or, or to help share the story of something else that we're doing. Um, some good examples of this over the years, when we launched our 5G network a couple of years ago, we're a couple of years ahead of AT&T and Verizon in 5G deployments across the U.S. And, and that's a whole nother story for another day about the technology behind that and why we're, we're ahead of the game here. But it's a story that's difficult to tell to consumers. Being able to convey the benefits of 5G and and even to help consumers be aware of the differences of it and why 5G is important is a challenge. So we developed a gin product. We called it 5Gin. It was a T-Mobile labeled gin product that helped tell the story of our 5G network.
0: As in, I'm sorry, as in gin, as in a gin and tonic?
2: As in gin and tonic. There was T-Mobile 5GIN. And for us, we had, like I said, all of these wonderful travel benefits and we wanted to keep the story alive. And what better way we thought to tell our story about our travel benefits than through something physical and an actual travel companion. We thought, OK, well, let's let's create something that people could really use, something they could really benefit from. But let's do something really innovative about it. Coming up with a wireless charging carry-on was the solution here. So we're not just slapping T-Mobile Magenta on an existing product. We're actually taking something that hasn't been done before and making it real. And that's what's been really neat about this so far is the wireless charging part. It's got Bluetooth luggage tracking built into it in the form of an Apple AirTag. Regardless of where you are, you can always tell where it is. If you have to check it for some reason, you always know where it goes. So it's got some really neat things built in. It's not just like another you know colored
1: suitcase. Now, first of all, wireless charging on the case sounds absolutely wonderful because you're always, you know, when you need to charge something, you're looking for the cable, you're looking for the plug, you're looking for a place to plug it in. But this means that- Or your battery. battery. The battery is built in to the carry-on and there's a someplace right on top of it. You just put your phone down and you're charging up. That's just a brilliant concept that I can't imagine- how did you come up with the idea? Was it there before or that you not stole from someone but borrowed from someone? Or was this something that T-Mobile said, we want to be able to plug this in?
2: I don't remember the exact light bulb moment, but it, was, it would have been between discussions with Samsara and our, and our team about what was possible. Like, what could we do technologically that hasn't been done? And the wireless charging had um, come to the forefront there. It's a really solid battery. we're talking 10 hours of power. It packs a lot of uh, juice in it. And when it's time to check the suitcase, you just pop it out. It's spring loaded. It just pops out the top. You, um, take it on the plane with you. You can continue to charge your devices on the plane then, too. And when you land, if you need some additional power, if you're off to a meeting or wherever you go, just take that portable battery pack with you. It's got a USB-C charge on it too. So if for let's say you don't have a wireless charging phone—not everyone does. There are tons of great phones out there that don't have wireless charging yet. You can use the USB-C cable to charge whatever other devices you have, and USB-C is pretty ubiquitous now. I mean, most devices either use USB-C or you can get an adapter for USB-C in just about anything
1: nowadays. And what's great about it is that this isn't proprietary wireless charging. This is a wireless charge that will work with any phone, not just MagSafe or Apple phones. It's a non-proprietary charging system that you can use with any phone that can take wireless charging.
0: Now, the case itself, is it a two-wheel case, four-wheel spinner case? Can you describe the suitcase itself a little bit?
2: Yeah, it is a hard-sided four-wheel spinner case with a telescoping handle. It is a bright, bold magenta. You can't miss it. It's T-Mobile all the way. We've even got little T-Mobile logos on the, the four spinner wheels. And it is on the high end of the carry-on size spectrum. I mean, it's 22, I think, and a half inches by 15 by about 10 inches. So it, it's spacious, I believe, as you can get or close to it for a carry-on suitcase, which personally I like. I, I, um I've always felt like, well, if you're going to get a carry-on, you might as well get the biggest possible size. Um, I've never never understood why there are so many smaller carry-on options out there. It packs a lot. And then we've got these eight packing cubes that are included in there too and that's just convenient i'm a, a total type a neurotic packer I, I i'll pack a week before my trip and uh i you know having these cubes and having everything organized separate bags for shoes and gym clothes and things like that is just that's that's right up my alley so i love it for that and it's got some TSA-approved locks too, which
1: is kind of nice. It's just one more thing on it. Oh, those packing cubes are a great add-on. It really makes it far more convenient to pack things up because you can, if you know what cube is what, you you certainly know where it is, and it makes things fit in the case a lot more easily. Definitely.
0: One of the things that is always of concern to me in buying a suitcase, well, I don't check my luggage, do all carry-on all the time. Therefore, I probably overpack my suitcase a lot and weight becomes important. And there are some suitcases that I've purchased over the years where if you put too much weight in them as you're rolling your suitcase through the airport, the wheels heat up and then you end up with melted wheels. Yes, I've melted wheels before. Do you know how much weight the suitcase is rated to carry
2: yeah that's a great question um i don't know the exact rating but it could certainly hold everything that you would need and still get under the weight rules at the airport
1: you know, one of the things that I do love about it that you've mentioned and we haven't talked about is that the fact that it is magenta colored. It's not that I love magenta because of T-Mobile or I love magenta in general, but most suitcases are black. And when you lose a suitcase and you go to report it, you say, well, it's a black suitcase. And the person taking the report will look at you and go, yeah, OK, what else is new? Or when you're on the baggage claim and you've checked your bag and you're looking for your bag, it's black and they're all black, but this is going to pop. You're going to know it's yours. Now, hopefully within the next five years, you won't know it's yours because they're all going to be T-Mobile suitcases. But I just think it was a brilliant idea to come out with T-Mobile Magenta.
2: Yeah. For some reason, let's say the, the battery dies on your AirTag and you you don't have immediate knowledge of where your, your suitcase is. If, if push comes to shove and you have to describe that suitcase Um, you're not going to miss it. And when you're on that carousel, you know, if you do have to check it for one reason or another, um, it will stand out amongst the sea of black for sure.
0: You're trying to make
2: magenta the new black? You know, (laughs) in T-Mobile, that's already the case, you know. Um, But uh, yeah, we've got a ways to go there, I think. But, you know, we got to normalize magenta. Just make it something that people are just accustomed to seeing everywhere. And uh, eventually we'll do that.
1: You said it has the AirTag technology. Does it actually come with an AirTag in it? Or is it a technology that uses AirTag that you've worked with Apple on?
2: Yeah, it ships with an Apple AirTag already. But certainly if you prefer Android options, it's got the space in there where you can drop in a a different type of Bluetooth tracker. So it includes the AirTag, but you could could go the Android option if you want to also.
1: We're talking about a bargain here because it comes with the packing cubes, which if you buy on your own are going to be rather costly. A single AirTag is $25. A good carry-on piece of luggage is going to be expensive by itself. How does somebody get this case if they want it, and what does it cost?
2: Yeah, uh, we partnered with Samsara Luggage. They were already known for quality and for technology built into their uh, suitcases. We partnered with them, and we set up a website. It's TravelMagenta.com. Go there. You can check it out. You can order your uncarrier on there. They are $325 for what you'd pay for like a really nice suitcase anyway. And, and as Micah was saying, you've got the AirTag already included in that and the uniqueness of having the first ever wireless charging carry on. I mean, that's pretty slick in and of itself. So go to TravelMagenta.com. I believe you can also get them through Samsara Luggage's website if you happen to be there shopping also. And uh, I had a link back to TravelMagenta.com. You can order them there like I said, you know, check it out. We They're available now. Um, they are for a limited time um, until we sell out. And uh, so if you're interested, uh, I would certainly do it sooner rather than later.
0: And do you know what the warranty is on the bag?
2: I believe it is five years on the suitcase itself and one year on like things like parts, like wheels and things like that.
0: I think there are two camps when it comes to suitcases, those that like pockets and those that don't like pockets. I know that it ships with uh, packing cubes, which is great. Are there also a lot of pockets inside the bag or is it just one cavernous suitcase?
2: It does have a like a one zipper kind of liner on one side of it that uh, you could put some stuff in there. I think that also just separates the the luggage compartment, though, from where you would access the AirTag, for instance, because the AirTag compartment is actually accessible only from the inside of the suitcase. You can't access from outside for security purposes, which makes sense. It's not loaded up with zippers on the inside. It's mostly about the, uh, the packing cubes.
0: Yeah, I'm liking this more and more. Mm-hmm. You had talked about the case being available for a limited period of
2: time. Is this going to turn into a collector's edition? Ooh, that would be pretty slick if it became like a a must-have. But yeah, because it's limited edition and we don't know when we're going to run out, um, I would encourage folks to go to TravelMagenta.com, pick one up now or two, um, because we don't know how long they're going to last. And, uh, you know, it's a busy travel season right now. So uh, people are thinking about this stuff. They're thinking about, do I want to, you know, update my suitcase is um, it time for something a little bit different? I've got a wireless charging phone. This would be the perfect companion for it, for instance. Um, so I would um, I would act sooner rather than later. They say while supplies last.
0: I'm also really interested about futures. Getting into the luggage business is an interesting twist. Do you guys have any plans to get into the backpack business as well? That's a great
2: idea. Um, See, okay, you guys need to hire me. That's all there is to it. <laughs> you know, getting into something new and different, like disrupting the backpack industry, for instance, would be an interesting way to go next. You know, because we've tried some different things over the years that have helped break through to our customers and and to potential customers with our story about things like the growth of our 5G network, or in the case of the uncarrier on um, all of our travel benefits that we rolled out earlier this year. Um, that's not to say we don't have more coming up. We would certainly, you know, be open to any ideas you guys might have, especially in the area of travel, because that's what you guys know better than anyone. And um, you know, our, our travel benefits are here to stay. What's not to be, or what's not known yet, is what that next that next interesting project is going to be once the uncarrier on
1: so Steve, thank you so much for joining us here on the journey is the reward. We really learned a lot, and again, T-Mobile is just the way to go if you're going anywhere.
2: Thank you so much, Mike and Brian. This has been a real treat. Um, we love talking about the fun things that we're doing, and uh, this has been a uh, it's been a labor of love to develop a suitcase. Like I said, for the first time with wireless charging, that, that kind of stuff just doesn't happen accidentally. And uh, we have some really interesting and fun and exciting things always coming up. So this has been this has been a lot of fun to talk to you guys about it today.
0: And we're just proud to help you make Magenta the new black.
2: Someday. That's going to be the case.
1: It is the case. It's the suitcase.
0: Thanks a lot, Steve, for being on the show. Thanks, guys.
1: What did I tell you? has a lot to do with travel and aviation and all sorts of things. And you know what else? We should probably tell our listeners that this interview will be playing on the Airplane Geeks podcast.
0: Yeah, it's a little bit different on the Airplane Geeks podcast, although a vast majority of it's the same. I'll still encourage any of our listeners that listen to both this show and the Airplane Geeks to listen all the way to the end because I did different editing on the show. And you should definitely listen to the ending of the Airplane Geeks version.
1: And I'll even go a little further. There's something even more special about the interview that you may want to know about if you listen to it on the Airplane Geeks podcast.
0: It's, it's almost like we're getting paid by the Airplane Geeks to promote them.
1: But, you know, they paid twice what you pay me. Yeah,
0: it'll be double what you get over here. I didn't get my check this week. Zero from zero is still zero, huh?
1: So look, if you've listened through this far and you're still listening to the show, Brian, if people want to support us, what's the best way to do it?
0: Oh, the best way for them to do it is to go to their podcast listening application of choice and give us a five-star review. We really appreciate the five-star reviews because that helps other listeners find out about this crazy adventure that I'm going on.
1: And if you're not going to give us five stars, just don't even bother reviewing us, okay?
0: No, they can send an email
1: to I offended at Yahoo.com. That's true, and we do pay attention to those. And how many have we gotten so far?
0: Uh, there have been two, I think, because Listener
1: Lou submitted one, and there was one before that, I believe. Only two? We're going to yeah. have to work harder on offending our listeners. Exactly. And what else can listeners do to help support us?
0: There's a donate tab so they could go to thejourneyisthereward.org, click on the donate tab, and then that'll take them to a button for a Patreon where they could do a one-time donation or a subscription service. And I keep forgetting to get the names of all the listeners that contribute on a monthly basis. We really, really appreciate them because all that money is going towards the web hosting services. I just got to notice that the domain registration is due again. So that has to be paid for. So there are absolutely expenses in producing the show. And all those donations go to help offset those costs. They do not, absolutely do not go to purchasing any tickets, any upgrades, any of that stuff.
1: And yeah, we've been doing this for about a year now, which is just absolutely crazy. But Brian, I'm going to insist that on the next show, you need to come up with that list. We need to announce everybody and thank them yeah. all for the donation that they've made. That's really important.
0: No, it, it is. And I apologize to everyone. There's some, I could go through some by memory, but...
1: Let's wait until we have them all because I don't want to leave anybody out.
0: Exactly. I would miss someone and absolutely don't want to do that. But they are really, really special.
1: And you also, you offer a personal courier service. You do pets, people, or property that you'll deliver from one place to another if people want to pay you to do that. And of course, it's all got to be legal pets, people, or property.
0: Yes, I'm not going to smuggle any uh, pets, endangered iguanas um, from one place to another. Absolutely not. But yeah, like Listener Matt in Singapore ended up bringing him some stuff. So yeah, that was
1: fun. And the last thing that, well, not the last thing we have, there are other possibilities, but the other thing that people can do if they really, really want to is come fly with you.
0: Yeah. And on the next show, we will actually hear about the adventure that I just had with Scott, where we flew into South Africa, then up to Zambia and went on a safari and saw Victoria Falls. So lots of fun. Can't wait to
1: hear about that. Now, if people just want to write to us, ask questions or anything like that, what's the best way to contact?
0: Oh, the best thing to do is to send an email to brian at thejourneyisthereward.org.
1: And Brian always shares those emails with me. So it's a good way to get in touch with me too. And if you want to follow me on Twitter, I am mainfly on Twitter. That's at MaineFly. And that's the only social media that I really have. Uh, other than I just started Mastodon. Not that I'm really following it so much. But yeah, I do have a Mastodon profile. And that's also mainfly at twit.social. But that's Maine like the state, M-A-I-N-E, fly like Brian's going to go flying again probably tomorrow, but we'll talk about that another time.
0: I'm not sure if Listener Lou is going to set up a Mastodon account for us, but Listener Lou is managing all of the social media for me because, well... I'm an antisocial kind of guy. So our Twitter account
1: is TJITreward. And Instagram is Brian Global Traveler. And also there's Facebook. And I don't know whether there's the at sign or not. I've never been on Facebook in my life, but it's Brian, the journey is the reward on Facebook.
0: Yeah, we really need to talk with Listener Lou and find out if that at sign really needs to be there or not.
1: (laughs) Yeah, maybe, you know, that'll be the next question from Listener Lou. Why do you keep saying at? <laughs> Let's find out. Psychedelic Shack. That's where it's at. Psychedelic, Oh, no, that's another song. Anyway, so look, we don't have a mileage update because you just came in from South Africa as we record this yesterday?
0: Yes. I don't know exactly what my mileage is, but I know that I've broken the 100,000 mile threshold. So I've about 90,000 miles left to fly. That's all? Yeah, that's all from 300,000 down to around 90,000.
1: You can do that standing on your head.
0: (laughs) I'd rather do it sitting in an airline chair.
1: Preferably a Polaris one.
0: Yes, that is true.
1: And it looks like as of now that as we're recording this tomorrow, you're going to do a quick round trip to Arizona.
0: I am. I found out that I was a few dollars short of the next bonus goal. When I reach that revenue threshold, I get an additional 20 plus points, and the price of the ticket was worth the value of the extra plus point. So I will simply fly to Phoenix, get off the plane, walk over to whatever the other gate is for the plane going back to Los Angeles, and I will be back in LA.
1: Well, there's two songs on this episode then, because not just Psychedelic Shack, but by the time you get to Phoenix, you'll be flying. <laughs> and I will be. Well, that's great. Well, for the journey is reward from Portland, Maine, here in the USA. This is your main man, Micah.
0: And this is your global traveler, Brian. Fly safely. Or <laughs> well, we have six more minutes. Did you want to hear anything about Africa or Zambia or Botswana?
1: <laughs> oh, you're in Botswana too?
0: So we went to Chobe National Park. That's the safari we did, and that was in Botswana.
1: I was gonna ask you, was this a, this was a safari trip?
0: Originally it was just to see Victoria Falls. And then we added in the safari afterwards. Oh, cool. And because I was there in May, I got to see Victoria Falls. That was literally overflowing. There was so much water. They said that that was one of the highest times in certainly years, possibly decades. They had so much water.
1: Oh, that's wild. Did you get to uh, talk with the Mondelisa Youth Choir?
0: I did did a whole bunch of recordings with them, have some video. Oh, uh, great. Th- they're they're changing their name. I had I just haven't had a chance to look at any of that stuff.
1: No, I was just curious. I knew that it was one of your one of your intentions and I didn't know if you had a chance, and that's great.
0: Yeah, we did. Scott is really a professional photographer. And took a crapload of photographs of them as well.
1: Oh, that's great.
0: Yeah. So I'll end up putting them on the Google Drive. So if you are were interested in yeah, absolutely. looking at them. Yeah. And I shot some video just from the phone. So it's pretty unstable. But what I wanted to do was just really get some bits of them singing where I could use a 15 second clip. And great. yeah, so you record the whole song, move around a right. little bit and blah, blah, blah. And who knows how it's going to turn out, but
1: the hotel good I know you weren't at the same hotel this time
0: Yeah it was a sister property they're located in the national park on the same lot if you will but it's definitely a lower end property but it was it was totally fine I think I sent you the picture of the of Scott taking a photo of the giraffe Yep uh-huh So just having animals walk around your hotel was
1: again I said something about that on the geeks about you know you're staying in a hotel that has it has giraffes coming up to it which was yeah. just that's, that's a coolest photo
0: Yeah. So they had, I can't remember the type of monkey, baboons, zebra, impala. Uh, They actually have crocodiles on the property. Oh, which are kind of problematic,
1: yeah. I could imagine.
0: So, they have some pretty big signs there, of, you know, watching out for for crocodiles. Uh, they have armed guards walking around the property. Oh, my god, yeah, you know, or they're armed rangers, they're not security yeah. for people. That, well, they're security right. for people, but they're Do not there to the make sure that, yeah,
1: exactly.
0: <laughs> They said that they've seen hippos on the shore, but they've never come on property. And I think that's probably why the guys are there with with guns and or if any of the cats were to show up.
1: Well, that is so cool. (beep) Sounds like a lot of fun. Food was good?
0: Um, Yes, mostly. There wasn't anything actually remarkable. And they had a pretty decent buffet breakfast. So we'd eat a lot and then not be hungry really for the rest yeah. of the day because we ate so much at at breakfast. Yep. And two of the nights we ended up having pizza, which yeah. just seems yeah. which just seems weird.
1: Doesn't seem right for Africa. Yeah.
0: Yeah, no. I had a fish, um it's called bream that was really really good, but it was the whole fish so I had to, you know, deal with the head and the tail and the bones, which all that effort sort of took away yeah. the enjoyment of the thing. There's an antelope called kudu and had that as sausage, and it's a bit gamey sausage, but had that. Yeah. Uh, we tried to order crocodile, but they were out of it, so that was frustrating.
1: I've had alligator before. I've never had crocodile.
0: I did, too, when I was in, in Australia. Tasted like chicken. I just yeah. whatever spice they put on it, that's, to me, what it yep. tasted like. It was just generic white meat. Oh, you're going to see some photographs of what looks like I'm drinking a really bad cup of coffee. And it's actually local. It's an unfiltered local beer. Oh, cool. And the sanitary conditions of the brewery were something special. And this is your global traveler, Brian, fly safely.